welcome back. This is your host, McKenna Miller, and this is Today on the Gram. Today I have someone pretty familiar to y'all on the podcast. Um, this is uh, my good friend and co-worker, John Mark Davidson. John Mark, say hey, introduce yourself. Hello, the world out there. It's an honor to be on the Graham podcast. I'm an avid listener. I don't know if you knew that, McKenna, but I uh, follow the episodes. I've listened to all of them, except for the last one. And I'm a big fan of your work, so it's an honor to be invited to participate in this show. Well, thank you so much. Okay, so for those listening, um, because I do have some friends listening who don't go to Skillman. So for those listening who don't know you, um, talk a little bit about yourself, your role, your family, whatever you want to say. You got it. Well, uh, again, my name is John Mark Davidson. (laughs) I'm, I guess, McKenna's friend. That's good. I didn't know we were friends. Seriously? I mean, I figured we were, but, you know, uh, I'm I'm kind of an old man, you know, and so it's it's an honor. It's an honor to be uh, introduced as a friend of McKenna Miller because you have so many. Uh, Wow, thank you. (laughs) But uh, anyway, so that that made my day, you know, to be a friend of McKenna Miller. But uh, again, I've been at Skillman Church here for about four years. I'm the the lead, I guess, preaching minister um, here. Before that, I was in South America. I lived in Peru for about eight years. The first four years, I did uh, church planning, uh, missionary work, and then shifted over and started a business in the mango industry and became like a social entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, it's that funny, isn't it? Yeah, It's just so cool and also random at the same time. Well, but I love that fact about you. I think, you know, as I tell more of my story, I think the set, the characteristics of seven are going to come out mm-hmm. because, you know, sevens do crazy things. <laughs> like find themselves owning a mango vineyard in northern Peru. Do you, uh, you still own it, right? Yeah, yeah, I still have it, yeah. And uh, but, I mean, I, basically what I do now is I just rent it out during the year because I, I don't have time to to go back and forth, and um, I think eventually I'll sell it, because uh, I really, there's no use to having a mango farm <laughs> in Peru, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it's, it's a fun part of the story, and uh, it gives me an excuse to travel down there every once in a while, and uh, the cool thing, too, that, that I think that makes me who I am is I grew up in Southeast Asia. I was born in Abilene, Texas, but when I was a baby, about, a baby, about eight months old, my family got on a plane and they they went over to Southeast Asia, Bangkok, Thailand, and uh, they were going to stay for five years, but ended up they hit a groove and and loved what they were doing and uh, stayed eighteen. So I finished high school in Bangkok, it's my hometown, and then my first year in the U.S. was at Texas A and M. I went to A and M for undergrad, Abilene Christian for so master. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just finished doctorate at Pepperdine, so I hit some good schools along the journey. Dr. JMD. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, John Mark, you've been everywhere, and um, you know, like, a million languages. You could just, like, say Uh, something right now. You, like, switch, say something, switch from, like, English to Thai to Spanish to whatever else you know. Well, I mean, to say, uh, hello, my name is John Mark in Thai would be, that's, uh, that's Thai. And then, of course, the most famous, uh, well, you know, Spanish, I had to learn Spanish in Peru, but let's see if you know what this means. Donde esta el baño? It's, um, it's down the hallway and, um, to the no, right. <laughs> yeah, but what did I say? Cause oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were answering the question. <laughs> He asked me where the bathroom is. There it is. There I know is. some Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Un poquito. Hey, you speak well. You speak well. And uh, yeah, so I had to learn Spanish, and and I'm, I'm trying hard to keep it too because uh, you know they say 
that if you don't use a language for 30% of your day, then you will little by little lose it. So mm. we're, I'm trying hard. It's been four years since I've been back. So little by little, you know, I'm, see, I'm noticing words. My accent is getting a little bit worse, but I'm trying hard to, to find those times to speak. But your whole family speaks it. We do, yeah, and, and actually everyone speaks better than me in my house, to be honest. But yeah, we'll have days where we, we have meals in Spanish, uh, and like when we watch a movie, we rotate one, you know, one movie will be in Spanish, the next movie in English. We, we're really oh, trying that's really hard cool. to... really cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and, and you mentioned too, I didn't mention this in the intro, but I, I, I do have a family. <laughs> I have a beautiful wife, I love my life, Tara. Um, we celebrate our 18th wedding anniversary. Wow. Uh, in January. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And then we have four kids. Uh, we have uh, a four, see, 14, yeah, 14 year old, 13 year old, uh, 10 year old, and uh, eight year old. Yeah. And Mac, the eight year old. Um, it's funny because I, I haven't noticed it as much anymore just because I haven't seen your mm-hmm. kids as much oh, since yeah. Corona. But um, anytime that Tara would be like getting on to Mac for doing something. She would switch to Spanish. She would switch to Spanish. And yeah, that's like yeah. all he would want to talk is is Spanish, especially when she was really trying to get his attention. She yeah. would speak Spanish. And I just thought that was so interesting because the first time I ever saw it, it caught me so off guard. Yeah, that's funny. It's kind of funny how you know moms have that mom voice. Well, I think with in my family, whenever Tara switches to Spanish, <laughs> it's it's on. That, that's awesome. Get your act together. Uh, that's, I guess that's her mom voice. But yeah, it's been, it's been a good adventure, a good ride. I love that. Well, let's switch over to the Enneagram a little bit. So, John Mark, tell us what you identify as on the Enneagram. Great question. And uh, the listeners probably could guess based on the title. (laughs) It's probably true. (laughs) Based on the title of the podcast episode. But I I identify as a seven. And uh, I think it's interesting. For the longest time, I thought I was a three. Mm. Just because threes are motivated and driven and just the circumstances in my life led me to just kind of be very, very motivated. You know, I was working on a PhD. I had, you know, this, this business in Peru. I was working here at the church. And, and so I thought for the longest time that I was a three. Um, but then I had a conversation with a friend of mine. We were talking to her about doing a seminar at Skillin, actually, on the Enneagram. She's a, she's a coach in the Enneagram certified uh, on, that, on that level. And uh, she was asking what my number was. And I said, you know... I think I'm a three, but I'm not quite sure because there's some things that don't fit. And she asked me an interesting question. She says, well, what are you trying to avoid? Like, what are you fearful of? You know, mm. what, is, what is that which you're trying to avoid with your life? And because that really determines kind of what number you are. And I know a three, because I listened to your podcast, I mean, a, a three is trying to avoid failure, looking bad, uh, you know, looking like, like they haven't accomplished things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me personally, that's not a, that's not a, a, a personal fear of mine mm. to look like a failure or to fail. It's just not that that doesn't bother me. But when she said um, she's going through the mall, and then she got the seven, she said uh, fear of pain and hardship, and it clicked with me. It's almost like all the stars aligned, the, the dots connected in my life of why I was doing what I was doing was to avoid pain, mm. to avoid hardship. Uh, to avoid, you know, the, those uh, uncomfortable moments, uh, to avoid feeling like you're pinned and trapped, and wanting on the on the alternative to be free and to live a life of adventure. And uh, and then the more I read the sevens, the more I was like, man, this is exactly what I am, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, it's you know very positive, enthusiastic, and uh, so 
and again, I think you, you've articulated this. I think we have within us all the numbers, mm-hmm. but I think for me, my default, what I identify with most is, is the, the number seven. Cool. So yeah, so the seven is the enthusiast. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read the different spaces that a seven can be in. So healthy sevens know that often less is more. They are aware of the energy they have invested in manufacturing happiness, and they know that joy is a gift or grace that can only be received. They have embraced a full range of human emotion, and they are growing in their ability to accept life as it is rather than as they want it to be. They are able to incorporate pain and disappointment into the the whole of their lives rather than merely avoiding it. When enthusiasts are in a healthy space, they are not only fun and adventurous, but also spiritually grounded, practical, and resilient. Average sevens reframe almost everything that is sad, limiting or could be perceived as failure, changing the narrative so that even the most negative events um, are recast in an affirming way. They find most of their happiness and anticipation and much of their sadness in the reality that their expectations are seldom realized. These sevens entertain the way to feel safe and to claim their place in a group. Though they are very popular, they find commitment to be a challenge and have great trouble finishing projects, often jumping from one thing to the next. Unhealthy sevens see themselves and their environment as inadequate, feeling sorry for themselves and often often believing they've been dealt in an unfair hand. They try to avoid pain in any cost, which leads to irresponsible behavior and seeking instant gratification. These sevens are often reckless, risking more than they can stand to lose, and are more prone to addiction than any other number. Okay, so John Mark, hearing those three different spaces that a seven can be in, where do you find that you fall today in this moment? Do you think that you would identify more as healthy, average, or unhealthy? That's a great question. I think I've experienced all three of those in my life. Uh, I think there have been times in my life where I have been unhealthy. There have been times where I've been medium. And there have been times also where I feel like I've been on a groove, you know, like a hit a flow. And I could really identify with those. I think right now, right now, I'd probably say I'm in between the healthy and the, and the medium. You know, I think we've all been kind of put into a tailspin right now with mm-hmm. just this, uh, the COVID and the, the new reality of how life is and trying to adjust from uh, having to work from home a little bit more than I used to. And so, of course, you know, there's distractions that come with that and, and uh, you know, trying to, to live into the best version of myself. Uh, I would say I'm kind of in that middle, middle stage right now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you talked a little bit about how you came to identify as a seven, but when you first initially came across the Enneagram, tell me about that. So tell me how you initially came across the Enneagram, you know, how did you hear about it? Um, and then after that, you know, what process did you take? What what process yeah. did you originally take to become a three, I guess, or to say you were a three and then mm-hmm. as you discovered you're a seven, how you have shifted into that more? Oh, Yeah. Well, the first time I heard about the Enneagram was through this author named Richard Rohr. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tara, my wife Tara and I are real big fans of his writing mm-hmm. and his, you know, just the, the works that he puts out. He does an email every day that we subscribe to. Wow. Um, and, uh, and so we've been, we've been kind of following him for years. And every time he publishes a book, you know, we'll, we'll go out there and get it. And he published a book on the Enneagram. And so Tara and I were curious about it, and we hadn't really heard much about it. 
And so uh, we ended up picking it up and reading more into it, listening to podcasts about it. And Tara, my wife specifically, really was drawn to it, uh, just really drawn to looking at numbers and, uh, you know, the, the whole, I love how it's, and we love how integrative it is and how it's, you know, it, it really values the whole self and even the the spirituality of it. It's, it's unlike any other, like the personality test, there's, there's so much depth to it. And uh, so I had that book by Richard Rohr, I began reading kind of bits and pieces of it, you know, skimming the chapters and. And uh, I took a little, like, a, like an online test, but it was kind of a very, like, shallow one, like a free a free, a free mm-hmm. version. Yeah. And I think at the time, I came out as a three, I think, on that, on that test. But I have to remember, like, at that moment in time, like, I was in the middle of my PhD dissertation, you know, working on that. I was in the middle of moving. I think I was just, at that moment, I was very, like, driven to be, to be productive. And I think, in some ways, it really influenced that decision. And so it came out that I was a three, and so I thought, well, maybe I am a three. But again, um, it, it didn't always just connect all of all the, the the stuff that the threes were described as. And then that conversation with uh, Sarah Holland, of course, kind of shifted my idea, and I tried to look at the seven, and it, it fit a lot more mm-hmm. uh, once I, I kind of saw it from that lens. So, you know, you talked a little bit about how you have shifted between healthy, average, and unhealthy what are times you've noticed yourself being unhealthy in your type specifically? So in my unhealthy moments, sevens can be very distracted, right? Like mm-hmm. we can jump from one thing to another. Uh, we're sometimes in our in, in unhealthy moments, we can not be closers, right? Like we can start a project, get, you know, about 75% done or even just 10% done. And then we kind of jump to the next thing. Mm. Um, I think too, just, um, the avoidance of pain, uh, and how I deal with that. And I've had a lot of, I've had to grow in this area a lot and Tara has helped me immensely with this, but I think my default is to not acknowledge darkness at all to, even if something bad happens to go ahead and like rationalize it. Well, it'll be okay. You know, mm-hmm. you know, look about this, take, take this perspective. You know, if, if this hadn't have happened now we can do this, you know? Um, and Tara early in our marriage really taught me to sit with the pain, sit with it and let it resonate within you. And, and also let that pain begin to transform into process. And I, I don't think I, I was there. And I think in my worst moments, I, um, you know, I, I would avoid it in your description too. It talks about addiction, you know, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, we are prone to addiction, uh, to like numbing the pain mm-hmm. of things. Uh, and I think for me, like, uh, there are times when I'm stressed, when I'm really, really stressed. Like I'll just eat junk food all the time. Really? Yeah. Like, um, and, uh, like for example, like Tara and I are different styles, right? Like there's people in life that can be mod, like they can moderate what they eat mm-hmm. when it comes to like, like for example, like I love those M&Ms that are like the, with the, uh, dark orange cover. Like, you know, those the M&Ms? dark orange, yeah, not the yellow kind or the, the brown, but there's like a, an orange, like a dark orange. You I, ever had those? No, I have no idea. What you, M&Ms? Oh, yeah, M&Ms. They're so good. Man. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, about. well, I need to get you some for Christmas or something. What's uh, the flavor of them? Oh, man, I, I don't even know the flavor because there's, I, I, I don't even Is know. Is that peanut butter? Yes. Peanut butter M&Ms. Dude, they're so good. <laughs> Wait, but they're not the yellow kind. 
No, that's peanut. I like peanut M Ms. All right, so they're the peanut butter M Ms. Gross. <laughs> Are you serious? I... They're the best thing on the planet. No. And uh, anyway, like, so every once in a while, like when I was in Peru, and uh, my parents would come and they'd bring these bags, you know, and, and my parent, my mom would always bring me this bag of. Uh, <laughs> Peanut butter <laughs> and I was so like that was the most excited. I was, I mean, even almost the level of seeing her. I was excited <laughs> to see these peanut butter M Ms because uh, we were like in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. they didn't have peanut butter M Ms. You had a Chili's though. We had a Chili's. Yeah, we, had a, we called it Chile, <laughs> Chile, <laughs> a Chile. Uh, but anyway, we had, we had didn't have M Ms, and so I'd come and you know Tara, like she's very meticulous. Like she'll have a, a bite and fold it, put it away. <laughs> You know, one M M&M. and M. So, well, hers was a she, hers was Dove Dove oh, dark chocolate. Okay. Yeah, oh, d- those are good. Yeah, yeah. So she would get the Dove dark chocolate. I would get the peanut butter M and M's. Her tears not meticulous, but me like especially during stressful moments like that bag would be gone in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I would just like just eat it. Yeah. And then I would eat it. The, start eating the Dove chocolates. <laughs> 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 so Tara had to hide it, man. <laughs> But like I find myself sometimes, you know, uh, you know, addiction can find other other forms. Mm-hmm. Whatever, sometimes, um, you know, to numb the pain or to distract myself, I find myself uh, in those moments. You definitely married the right person for for that problem specifically, though. Oh, because dude, yeah. Tara is like the healthiest person that I know. Yeah. Can you imagine if I would have married someone else? <laughs> like, Just like yeah, yeah. Like she's helped me really, and and now with her too, you know, it's. It's I've I've taught I've been been taught and learned to love just the the richness of healthy food. Mm-hmm. So now you know I'm I'm a crazy health eater. Like mm-hmm. I love to eat healthy, but uh, there but are. You also do love Dr Pepper. Yeah, and those are my weak moments. You know, <laughs> like I'll, I'll have a relapse every once in a while. <laughs> I'll have a relapse every once in a while and start you know uh, get like a bag of M M&M, and M peanut butter M and M's or meatball sub from Subway. Oh, dude, you so love weird. a meatball sub. That how could you not? Ew, no. no, no, I'm telling you, man. The first time I walked Subway. in the subway. Subway. <laughs> I know, man. It's so good. The first time I walked in the subway, I got a meatball sub. The oh, first wow. time. Wow. And I've never. It's so magical. <laughs> seriously, I found my soulmate at Subway. At subway. I found my soulmate at Subway the first trip. John Mark and Jake always have to plan the days that they're going to go to Subway because I don't like Subway. And so they're like, okay, we have to do it when McKenna's not here. So they yeah. literally got Subway yesterday. Well, Jake did. Yeah, um, did I was you- going to go because we, we were going to have lunch together and we said, where should we go? And be- without us even, we said <laughs> Subway at the same time. But uh, luckily Sharon actually saved us, saved me because she had made this like salad. Uh-huh. And like she said, hey, I got enough for one more person. Nice. And, uh, and it so, had meatballs too, right? It had meatballs. So you got your meatballs. So know, that's all man. that matters. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I love food and I love eating and, and um, yeah. And so I think in my, in my unhealthy moments, you know, that can be like a, whether it's food or like binge watching a show or something, like I can be prone to excess. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in, in the conversation, some people can be moderators, so they can moderate. Yeah. But with certain things in my life, I have to abstain. Yeah. I, have to, I can't even go there because if I do go there, um, sometimes I can find it hard to, to stop. Well, and one of the things you talked about was avoiding pain at all costs. And I, I used to um, work with a seven that mm-hmm. I was pretty close in relationship with as far as like we, there weren't that many people in our work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I dealt with them a lot. And one of the things that they struggled with, and it, you know, it's kind of 
reminding me now mm-hmm. because you're saying avoiding pain. One of the things that was hard for them to deal with was their emotions. And there were times when they, um, they expressed to me that they couldn't always feel their emotions. Mm, So there was something pretty tragic that happened in our work environment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they, I was, emotions are a very big part of my number. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Something that's very, a a big part of my life that I am very emotional, but I don't always know how to express it. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, this wasn't even something that was happening to me, but I was so overwhelmed by the environment Mm -hmm. and by what had just happened that I started crying. Mm. And later I had a conversation with them because I was so embarrassed Mm. that I was crying. And they said to me, I wish I could cry in this Mm. moment, but that's something that I can't do. Do you ever find that that's a part of the avoiding pain is that you're not always able to express your emotions, right? Or to, uh, yeah, to have it tangible, I guess. I think so. You know, sometimes I do feel things and, and again, this has been a process and, and, uh, I have decades on you, right? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than you. Uh, and probably this friend you were talking about, I'm, I had some age difference and, uh, I had to work really hard. Um, it's been a discipline of mine because I, sometimes I do feel things, but I don't know what I feel. And, you know, Tara will say, well, how do you feel about this? And, and, uh, you know, there could be something that I might, I might feel a little bit like, uncomfortable about it or I'm not quite sure why why it is and so there's been uh, the need for me to really access tools that help me communicate how I feel and what I feel and again choosing a partner that that really kind of is honed in on that has helped me Mm -hmm. a lot Um, but yeah I can resonate on the other side of that though can you recall a scenario in your life where being healthy in your number has been a benefit to you oh man sevens have so much fun Mm-hmm. We have so much fun, and we really if you're if you're a partner or a friend of the, uh, with the seven, mm-hmm. like the party's always on. <laughs> and so, you know, my life has been full of adventure. It's been full of crazy things. And you know, Tara and I have the saying that sometimes I look at her and say, "I'm not quite sure how this is going to work out, <laughs> but we're going to have fun yeah. along the way." You know, and so it's taken us to live in Latin America. It's taken us to to move and go to northern Peru, close to the border of Ecuador. It's taken us on these crazy adventures, um, and so that's been a cool part of it. And you know, even in you know my um, my call, I guess, or the reason why I wanted to be in ministry, a lot had to do with I think some of the the longings that a seven would have of of you know. Anytime you're aligned with God, sometimes crazy, amazing things happen. Like look at the book of Acts with Paul, who was so aligned, and the adventures that happened with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I think that's been really good. I think too, in my healthiest moments, sevens have so much vision, right? Like we can see things before they happen. Yeah. <laughs> like I can I can picture it in my head, <laughs> like just how awesome it'll be. Yeah, I can see it, the scenario, and and so I think in, in our best, in our 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 greatest moments, we can be visionaries. Uh, we can be those that inspire. Um, and I think that sevens also, there's a lightness to life that doesn't necessarily mean uh, the total um, rejection of pain. You know, I think, you know, Desmond Tutu or the Dalai Lama, I think these, I, you could say that they're sevens because there's a lightness to them. You know, there's a, uh, you know, a charismatic, you know, they're, they're, sevens can be very charismatic and charming and stuff like that. But these two have also gone through some of the, the deepest, darkest moments. And so, you know, there is this 
this very shallow lightness, like avoiding pain at all whatsoever. And then there's the the darkness, where sometimes there's some numbers that have a have a tendency to stay there, right? Just stay in that moment and and never get out of it. And you know, like one of the famous silly sayings that I have is like, it takes you know any donkey can tear down a barn, but it takes a very special donkey to build one. <laughs> It's a silly. It's a silly saying, right? But the idea is like anyone can deconstruct, right, and be in that dark, dark stage. Mm-hmm. But there are there are some special people that can really like re envision what it could be and how it could look like, and really inspire those around to to join in. And and uh, so I think it, at our best and at times where I've been in my best, I've I've had these visions of things that could could happen and, and you know where they could ultimately go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really bringing people along with you on that journey. You said that you have been on a lot of adventures and just solely based on the places that you've visited and lived in your life, I feel like that must be true. What is the craziest adventure you've ever been on or or one of the coolest things you've ever done? Yeah, that's that's a hard question because there's so many, so many crazy things. I mean, I remember growing up, uh, we would go to this as a kid Mm -hmm. in Thailand. Uh, during the summertime, we would have sometimes these uh, groups, a and like from uh, college. I think from Texas A&M mostly, but they would be college kids. Yeah, <laughs> they would come, and they it would be a mission trip, but uh, it would be kind of uh, a lot of purposeful work. But then there would be time where we could play, right? Mm-hmm. And so we would take these great, incredible adventures to these like remote hill tribe villages mm-hmm. where there's elephants, and we'd ride these elephants Whoa. and hike and. And then you know we would take these raft trips. I think growing up too, we would rent these boats. And we would take, we would, uh, they're called liverboards. And then uh, in the Andaman Sea, we would go to sleep, and then the boat would be driving the whole night to the middle of like these remote islands where the sand was as white as could be. That's There's so palm cool. trees, and like we would go there, and we'd have these like scuba diving adventures and trips. And um, you know, I, I love motorcycles. And there was one time my, my buddy and I, uh, we rented these BMW motorcycles in Costa Rica, and we were just driving on these like on the, the like this remote mountain towns of Costa Rica the, the funny part is is that he crashed it <laughs> he crashed he he ran into a ditch oh and, my goodness and so part of the other part of the adventure was trying to figure out how to get this broken down BMW mm-hmm. from this remote area down and it was this adventure this adventure uh you know i think um you know, living in Peru too, we had just had just crazy adventures of you know, every day was an adventure, which I which I really love that part of it because every day is a great story to tell. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. The thing about sevens is we love the story, right? So is this time of not being able to travel just kind of killing you? Well, I've been a little bit antsy to be honest. Um, it's been it's been special though because it's given the pause has been good. Mm-hmm. Just the ages of my kids and. It's been good to kind of pause, but I'm ready to go 2021. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I already got, I, I'm going to Peru for sure for this Inca Trail thing. Yeah. Uh, this summer, I got invited to speak at this conference in Cambodia and Singapore. Yeah. So I'll probably go there. Um, so cool. Tara and I, for our anniversary, I'm looking at tickets to Spain right now. <gasps> wow. Or, or from Dallas, there's a, it's three, I always kind of like, there's this website called Google. Have you heard of Google? Have I ever? Yes, I've heard of Google. Well, Google.com forward slash flights. Oh, yes. Oh, you can find some cheap stuff on there. This is like a seven's dream, right? Because you go in there, you type in your city, Mm -hmm. and then you do flexible dates, and then it tells you like the cheapest flights all over the world, right? So I learned that in February, there's like $300 tickets to Cartagena, Colombia. Wow. Uh, So anyway, I'm dreaming about maybe doing that. 
I'm gonna dream for you because that that sounds pretty incredible. Yes. I can't wait to yeah. hop back on a plane and go somewhere. Yeah, we'll see where the world is uh, February next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, 2021 will be friendly to those of us that love to travel. Yeah. Has there ever been a time in your life when your number has been challenging for you? Oh man, I think yeah, of course. Um, you know, again, my propensity to uh, to avoid pain, and also you know one thing about me and I think sevens in general is that we have a hard time with routine. Mm-hmm. So like you know when I was doing my PhD, like I had to, I had my job at Skillman, I had my family, you know I was co- coaching volleyball at the YMCA, I had all these things, and um, and then I had this this blasted dissertation to write, mm-hmm. you know, and it required like me waking up early, going to bed late. And it almost broke me. Uh, it really did. Uh, but I had to. I had to set this routine. But I had to like on my computer. I had to really set like filters so that like whenever I felt this tinge of like boredom, uh, that I wouldn't go to the CNN or, or or you know Huffington Post or like you know ESPN. <laughs> I like. I actually have a, an app on my computer. It's called iFocus. <laughs> it's, it's legit. <laughs> and I would. It would. I would set this timer and say for the next five hours, like. If I go to those sites, my screen will it'll like block me. Wow, that's yeah. actually really cool. Yeah, so I mean, I I needed it. Yeah. I, I I really needed it. So, uh, it was challenging um, with that. Uh, but you know, thankfully, I found I think I was in, in some healthy moments, and you know, I was able to break through and uh, and defeat it. <laughs> Another thing that's interesting too is just any anytime you're in a partnership, like I think sevens and, and me especially, we have this intense desire for our partners to be happy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we really care. Like we, like my kids and my, my wife, especially, I, I really desire for her to be happy. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was thinking about it and I was, I was kind of had a breakthrough. I was like, you know what? Like her, my desire for her to be happy. It's more about me than about her. Mm-hmm. Like it's because I want to feel, I want an easy life. Right. Mm-hmm. I want a, a marriage where my wife says, you're awesome. Mm-hmm. And this is the best. Mm-hmm. I don't, what what is a nightmare for me, or what what would really be hard is if my you know wife would say, man, I don't really like the life I'm living. Mm. You know, I'm kind of uh, bummed. And again, you know, the, or that conflict between marriage. And so, at all cost, you know, we try to make our spouses or partners happy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, if you really look at the intentions, it's more about us mm-hmm. than about them. And so, kind of working through that. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because I have a friend who is a seven and. One thing that was really hard for our relationship, on my part at mm-hmm. least, is one of my biggest pet peeves is flaky people. Mm. Um, mm. It just hurts me to my core, and I just I didn't realize that there are people out there that canceling plans is just not a big deal, and to yeah. me, it's a huge deal. Yeah. And so I try my very hardest, unless I'm like throwing up from a migraine, like yeah. I'm going to go to something that I told someone I was going to go to. Mm-hmm. But this person is just not wired that way. Yeah. And one time we were talking about the Enneagram and they said, yeah, I'm a seven, but I don't, I don't like the Enneagram because I feel like, you know, the seven is known a lot for just being this adventurous person mm-hmm. and someone who's willing to be spontaneous and random and I'm in that way in the fact that like when something comes up that excites me I just want to do it regardless of what I had planned and I've become known as a flaky person and they said I know that about myself but I want to work on that and it was in that moment that I was like I need to stop taking it so personally yeah um 
but they they specifically said I don't want to be known by that. And so, mm. do you, do you ever think that that's the case for you, or do you think that was just something that they deal with? That's not something I resonate with. You know, I'm I pretty. I've had to be um, be very intentional. I think just because of, of maybe my role as trying to to you know, make a living for my family, and you know, I think I've had to be very responsible mm-hmm. and be committed, and and I try really hard to to do that. So I, you know, that might be something that for some sevens is a problem for me personally, like. But I do find myself sometimes like, like avoiding calls or something. You know, mm-hmm. like if someone's someone's trying. <laughs> this is this is a true story. So, I got a friend who will, will sometimes like invite me to do things, and uh, instead of telling him no, I can't do it, I'll like ghost him. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, and it's, it's harder for me to say to to reject him and say yeah. no, I can't do it right now. So there's two things going on. Number one, I don't want to, um, to like turn him down mm-hmm. and like, so I'll just not answer at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, or number two, I'm hoping that for some reason my plans will change. And so there's a little bit of like, <laughs> okay, like, you know, if I, if I wait long enough, maybe it'll, yeah. work, it'll work out. Yeah. And typically it never does. And so basically I'm ghosting my friend <laughs> and, uh, and he, and so I, I told him one day, he's like, man, the reason I don't text you, like if I don't text you back when you ask me to do, th- do something. It's because I can't do it, and I'm hoping that things will change. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's helpful. That, that's one way that I think I, you know, I can, it can be a, a bad friend hmm. in, that, in that regard. You are not a bad friend. Don't say that about yourself. <laughs> but in ministry specifically, how does your number help or provide challenges? This is a great question. I think being a seven, the curiosity the desire for creativity. This is a, this is what brought me into this business in the first place. Like this this line of work. Um, I remember when I was in college, and it was time for me to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I was at A and M, and my undergrad was in education, mm-hmm. and so I was going to be a teacher. And so I was doing my student teaching, and this actually this missionary came in, and uh, he was doing like a guest a guest uh, lecture or something. And so we went out to eat lunch, and we were talking, and he's like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, man, I don't know, maybe a teacher, I don't know. He's like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what's your, what wakes you up in the morning, right? <laughs> and I told him, he's like, man, adventure. Like, I'd love to live overseas again. I'd love to learn another language. Um, and uh, I love Jesus. <laughs> he says, he says, I got the job for you. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were all, my dad was a missionary, my granddad was a missionary, so I, I wasn't like necessarily like going that route, mm-hmm. but like that conversation kind of shifted me into that regard. And so I uh, went to, finish my degree in went to ACU, got my MDiv, and then went overseas, you know, finally did my thing. Mm-hmm. And I got there. And I realized, man, there was a whole lot of other ways I could have come. <laughs> I could have had adventure. This is one way, mm-hmm. but at the time, I thought it was the only way. But it it brought me there. Um, and I think too, like I str- I have struggled, and I think sometimes sevens struggle with church mm. in general because it's so boring. <laughs> it can be yeah. so boring, mm-hmm. and some numbers may resonate with that. Like they kind of like the silence. And they kind of like the, the routine. Mm-hmm. They kind of like the lack of emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like looking out there and seeing the joy of the Lord with like frowns on the face <laughs> doesn't bother some people. Like it doesn't bother some people. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I really get, a, like, I'm, I'm bothered by that. Yeah. Like, I don't think church should be boring. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I think, how in the possible have we hijacked this thing to where church is boring? Mm -hmm. Like, how could God, who invented the hippopotamus, (laughs) I mean, seriously, this guy, like, this guy in his, in in God's, in God's mind, created hippopotamus, right? The hippopotamus is here. It's like the most unique animal, the anteater. You have, like, music and art, Mount Everest. Like, how could we, how could we hijack this meeting to this boring thing, right? And it's, it's, it offends me yeah. that church is boring sometimes. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's all about like, man, how can we reshape this to, to bring energy? How can we re, re-envision this so that we actually feel the spirit moving? And, uh, you know, this sometimes it ruffles people's feathers, right? Because yeah. they like it the way that it is. They like the boring songs. They like to frown when they sing. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell them a little bias, right? Uh, but you know, that's, that's something that, and I think it's, it's where, you know, a lot of my role in the world of spirituality, I've kind of, I've narrowed it down to that. Like, like what's my, in the, in the realm of spirituality, my life purpose, like what, what's my role? You know, Jake has his role. You have your role. We all, there's many parts to the body, but like, what's mine? And I think mine is to keep reminding people of the wonder and awe of this world. I think this is why I'm here, to remind people that this is a miracle, that the fact that your heart is beating is a miracle, that right now you're breathing and your lungs are pumping air, and that we're actually having talk, and that we're on a planet that's spinning around the sun, like in in space, floating. Like, this is, like, I don't think we think about it. Yeah, we take it so for granted. Yeah, we take it for granted, but, you know, my role as a spiritual teacher is to, in the ways that I can, remind people of the miracle of this world, yeah. the wonder and awe, and then for that to like really take hold and transform us into this, this energy-filled life mm. where we're connected with God and the Spirit. Mm. Wow. I love that. Thank you oh. for sharing that. So we've talked about you being a seven and some of the ways that that's affected your experiences just growing up and in church, but specifically with your own faith, um, you know, one of the things that we go over is, is the deadly sins. And so for sevens, the deadly sin is gluttony. And it says here to avoid painful feelings, sevens gorge themselves on positive experiences, planning and anticipating new adventures and entertaining interesting ideas. Never satisfied, the sevens frenzied pursuit of these distractions eventually escalates to the point of gluttony. So in your life, do you think that that applies to you? I mean, you talked a little early, little peanut, early about, about the peanut, the peanut M&M. butter and the peanut butter and the Yes. But, you know, do you think that you, this falls yeah, to I you? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's a good word for it. You know, and I think, like you said, every, every number is like a color to where there's infinite amounts of versions of what these numbers are. But I would say as a seven, like we can fall victim to these, to an overabundance, <laughs> Like I think, uh, like earlier, people, some people can 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 marginalize, or you know, they can take bits and pieces and they can stop. But I think it's hard for a sevens to. We need to abstain sometimes on some things, um, or we'll just go off. Like I got no problem binge watching a show if I if I if I'm not careful, you know, I can just watch it and you know watch it until <laughs> the show's over, or you know, eating a whole bag of peanut butter M&Ms is another example, or you know, other. Other things that that are, that can distract me from the pain that I'm feeling, um, I can easily find myself going there. And so it's real helpful. It's important 
for for us to find healthier avenues that don't that aren't like like splurging or over in abundance, but but uh, they can help us work through some of the pain that we may feel in a healthy way. Mm. On the flip of that, though, in your own spiritual development or you know your soul care time, how do you think your number comes into play with that, and what activities do you tend to gravitate towards? Yeah, I think uh, to to kind of uh, really add on to what I said earlier, just about this wonder and awe and creativity. You know, I think that sevens we have this ability to like to imagine what it could be and i think even in the realm of social justice i think sevens really have a a part to play Mm -hmm. uh when jesus prays may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and we read those texts in isaiah that speak of what this new kingdom will be like i think sevens play a role in in really inspiring people to view that as a possibility to have hope Mm -hmm. Uh, and to work towards issues of justice for all, mm-hmm. and I think we can see things like that. Like we can, we're visionaries. Like we can see it happening, and we can get excited about it. And um, I think, for you know, I guess to cultivate things, uh, what areas of cultivation in my my faith? Like I've never been one to have a quiet time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just can't do it. You know, yeah. Like like to sit down and like just like journal hasn't been something that I've been really good at. Yeah. But there have been other ways that I found that are that are more like, for example, like taking a picture a day that, mm. I, that I see um, God's God's hand in. Right. So it's like I'm out in the world, and instead of like this routine, it becomes this adventure, this like exploration of yeah. trying to find God in, in, in out out there, and um, and also uh, just having that wonder and awe for the world, like. This is amazing. So nature walks or going to beautiful places and just stopping and pausing and and just reveling in, in the awesomeness of God. Yeah. You talked a little bit about social justice. Do you know what your wing is? I don't know what it is, but I'm afraid. I'm not afraid. I, I'm suspicious that I have like an eight wing. I would assume <laughs> yeah. that you would have an eight wing just because mm-hmm. I know... I know you, and I know mm-hmm. that that is something that's really important to you, social right. justice. And I think that anyone can be in favor of that. I think we all should be in favor mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. But I think that that's one thing that's really prevalent in AIDS is yeah. fighting for justice and speaking out for the marginalized. And that's mm-hmm. something that's really important to you. So I was yeah. just curious if you knew that or not. Yeah, I need to take a, like a full test, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, um, But but I, I do see some – in fact, you know, it was funny because when I first got to Skillman – um, Jake actually asked me what my number was and I didn't, I didn't quite know what it was. And he said, I think you're an eight. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't read an eight and I didn't resonate with it. But at the time too, like when I had first got to this job, like I, I had come from an area of pure freedom. You know, I was like a, a missionary. I was, you know, mm-hmm. working on this business. So I, I controlled my own schedule. I did my own thing. I didn't, I was outside my office. I came into a situation of corporate church America yeah. where like they really wanted me to be at my desk all the time. And, I, and when I say they, a few people in the office really yeah. wanted me to be here. Yeah. And it was like really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to like revolt a little bit. <laughs> I had to like say, I can't do that. And I think because of that, like uh, maybe I was viewed as an eight, but really it came down to my seven. Uh, like I just couldn't be pinned, man. Yeah. I can't. Like, don't pin me down, Don't man. put me in a box. Don't pin me. <laughs> Give me freedom. Like, I don't want to be in a cage. Yeah. Like, I want room to run, and, and I want my every day to be exciting and, and 
for it to change. And um, anyway, uh, it took me some time, and there was, of course, some growing that needed to be happening when I first got here. But You know, back to the ministry, one of the things that I just thought about as we were having this conversation of how you, you know, corporate America church and just the way that we view church sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that you do bring a lot of freedom to this church and you bring a lot of really cool ideas. And one of my favorite things that we've done here that it just feels like it was so long ago because we haven't been able to have classes like this in a long time, but um, not only the creative classes we did here at Skillman, like the Abbott brothers class, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about like with the mangoes class specifically, um, you know, like the day that we like ran and walked around Titsi Park or the day that we played basketball. Oh my gosh. That was so fun to just like play basketball in the middle of worship. That was spiritual. I feel like everything is spiritual. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what a seven can contribute. Like playing basketball should be an act of worship. Yeah. Right. It should be. Fellowship and worship. And yeah. And so, you know, I think, uh, and this is, I think, something where I think seven sometimes leave the church because, like, they can't, like, how boring is it to sit in a pew all the time? And, and they don't find that that extension or, or that area, that lifeline where they can, you know, have, have fun and have that adventure and also worship God. So, I mean, in the small ways I can, I'd love to just, man, in some ways open our perspective to what it could look like to be people of God and followers of Jesus. And sometimes it means playing basketball, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, Is there anything else that you want to say either about your own number, advice that you want to give about sevens, or just talking about the Enneagram in general? Any last thoughts? Man, this is a great question. And again, I want to compliment you, McKenna, on your great podcast. You do a good job with your interview questions. Thank you. And, um, it's been, it's, these are fun to listen to. <laughs> this episode is probably the most fun of all. Oh, 100%. Hundo <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah, and we need to get some peanut butter M&Ms after this, peanut butter M&Ms. But uh, I don't know, one thing that I would say is it, you may know a seven in your life, uh, someone who is a seven, and sometimes you think that a seven is just good all the time. And um, Sometimes, like, it's easy to just dismiss sevens as far as, like, checking up on them or calling them or just, like, telling them that you love them because everything on the outside appears to be, like, awesome, mm-hmm. you know, fun mm-hmm. and adventure. But anyway, I would just encourage, if you know a seven out there, uh, there can be some pain. Yeah. There can be some trauma. And maybe what they are doing is a way to distract themselves from that pain. And so feel free to call them love them, ask them good questions, and in the meantime, they'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. That just makes me think, do you, do you think that people reach out to you more when they're feeling down because you'll give them some, like, sense of energy or something? It could have, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Have so. you experienced uh, that personally? Yeah, um, we, um, I, I, yeah, that is true, and I, I can tend to, uh, to take anything and spin it to the positive, it's one of my, my, uh, superpowers, <laughs> <laughs> I can I can spin it right yeah uh, and but I've had to learn not to use that power all the time because mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's a weakness mm-hmm. um, there are times and Tara's taught me this my wife that when she's sharing something with me like I don't need to say it's gonna be alright babe mm-hmm. like think about this like I need to just just sit in it for a while yeah and so yeah there is that balance and so uh, I think over time sevens they grow in maturity to where they can discern they can be situational on when it's a good time to like, you know, lighten the mood yeah. uh, or when's a good time to, uh, to listen. Yeah. Mm. 
uh, I think Max is seven, my son. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I got, he was in trouble. Like, he was, he was these things where he's like yells and, and, and then claps in the house. He's like, like, has this like, this like burst of energy yeah. or something. And like, he'll just say, like, you know, like, I can imagine it. Yeah, and so like, I sat in my house and said, Max, you've got to stop yelling in the house. And we're having this stern com- conversation and he takes his eyebrows. <laughs> the wiggle thing. And he starts doing this. <laughs> up and down and starts like wiggling his mouth like totally a clown you know joking around and um you know and next thing you know i couldn't hold it in i started laughing <laughs> but you know i think he is a seven yeah so you have the ability sometimes to, sevens have the ability to make any rough situation fun yeah and, and funny but uh the, the more mature we are the no the more we know the appropriate times in the appropriate places to do that. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm just thinking Jacob does the exact same thing. Like when my mom's getting on to him, yeah. uh, he'll look at me and he'll start doing something funny so that I'll laugh so that my mom will start laughing. Smart kid. And then he like won't be in trouble He's anymore. He's a smart and, kid. He's a oh, smart kid. Yeah. They're both, they're both he, smart you think, kids. You think Jake's a seven? I have no idea. He's so young. It's yeah, just hard so for young. me to tell. And, yeah. Yeah, but that age. he definitely has an insanely big personality for how yeah. young he is. I mean, yeah. he's seven years old, and I'm still just like, yeah. you, you have so much personality. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast, John Mark. Right now, we're going to transition into the time where we play the song Seven by The Sleeping At Last. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now. How nice it be. If we could try everything I'm serious Let's make a list And just begin What about danger? So what? What about risk? Let's climb this mountain Before we cross that bridge Cause I'm restless So I look to the future 
travel light, but I want to be here, truly be here, to watch the ones that I I just love listening to that song every week, um, the different songs that the Sleeping at Last has to depict the different numbers of the Enneagram. John Mark, thank you so much for being on our podcast this week and for sharing what your experience of being the enthusiast has been like. The pleasure has been all mine, McKenna. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get some peanut butter M&M's. Okay, we'll go get some <laughs> peanut, peanut butter M&M's, y'all. Um, yeah. Go get some peanut M&M's and uh, peanut butter. Sorry, I apologize. I'll yeah. eat peanut. The you dark guys, orange. You guys can <laughs> the dark orange. Hook them. Burn orange, baby. No, a different kind of orange. Different orange. John Mark, like, hates UT so much that he gets, like, Tell the story. You have to tell the story real quick about Tara and oh, her man. burnt orange. Yeah. Well, you know, I went to A&M, so I drank the Kool-Aid, you know, and every time I see burnt burnt orange, which is not the same as dark orange. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Uh, burnt orange, I kind of have this physical reaction to it. <laughs> like, I, I, I might need therapy, to be honest, but there was one time uh, Tara, my wife, came home and she had bought these, like, awesome pants, like a great sale or something, and she was so excited to show me, so she goes and changes and comes back. And to my shock, <laughs> to my horror, they were burnt orange. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, what have you done? <laughs> like, why have you done this? Take those off right now. Go so back offended. to the store and return those. We will not have those in my house. <laughs> I think she wore it a couple of days ago. I, mean, I love it. Yeah, she, I, I didn't wear it because she still has those pants. That's but, incredible. Uh, anyway. Well, join us next week as I'm going to talk a little bit more. We're done with the numbers now, which is just crazy that we've gotten through all these different interviews with different numbers. But next week, I'm going to dive deep more into triads and uh, stress and security numbers and just going more into the Enneagram like that. Remember to send in your questions to me either through text or email or call or just send them to the church in general and they'll get them to me somehow. But we'll have a Q&A and I'm really excited about that. So 
keep sending those in. But uh, join us next week on Today on the Grand.